Right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. This is going to be it's going to be a difficult one. Um, Gillingham draw 1-1 at home to Mansfield Town before kick-off. Jules sitting second in the table. Our visitors, Mansfield, not far from Nottingham, sitting in third place uh, in Skybet League 2. And it was a game that promised a lot, promised a lot of excitement, promised to be a cagey affair and promised to be a, a, a game with two good teams on display. And that was the case. It very much was a, a very good game, especially for the neutral um very back and forth basketball style in the second half, and a game that I think a lot of neutrals would have uh, would have enjoyed. But you know, as much as we we'd like to get away from it, we're not going to. We're going to attack this as it is, call it for what it is, and let's be honest. Um, I think we all know what it is. But um, yeah, Jill's ahead uh, very early on, two minutes in. McCauley Bond diverting a Conor Mahoney cross into the net past Christie Pym to give Jules a lead inside two minutes. Very controlled performance from the Jules up until. A bit later on in the in the game, um, around 38 minutes in, Mansfield on the counter attack. Ethan Coleman brings down his man. Rightly looks to be shown a yellow card. The referee pulls the yellow card out of his pocket, which then ends that phase of play completely. That phase of play is now over. He then allows Mansfield to carry on, take the free kick despite the play being stopped and the yellow card about to be issued. He allows them to carry on. Take the free kick early and David could have done slots here underneath Jake Turner with everyone in the Gillingham defence basically out of their own penalty box, uh, as was the play just before that just ended where they all were. No one set up and ready to defend a set piece because the set piece should not, under law, been allowed to have been taken at that moment in time. So essentially what we have is um, the referee not knowing the rules being put in a situation in the EFL game without knowing the rules, not knowing that that isn't allowed to happen. You see it very, very often in games where teams try and take a quick free kick when a player's about to be booked or something else and it stops and the referee doesn't allow it. No one thinks twice when they see that in normal games because they know it's standard procedure. Today, obviously, wasn't that case and Jules have been been let down by horrendous officiating in League 2. I know what, what a shocking sentence that is. Um, never said that one before, have we? No, we say it every single week. And I'm sure lots of uh, teams up and down the country have felt this same sort of injustice before. I'm sure Mansfield have as well on different occasions for different things, perhaps. And I'm sure we weren't the only terrible decision that was made in the league today, given how god-awful the officials are in this division. And, you know, it's fine for him. Um, we've been cost two points today overall. And, um, you know, the worst that will happen to him is he gets taken off the list of officials for next week and he'll be on full pace. He'll get the weekend off. Nice bit of money, take his family out, something like that. Or he'll just be back on the pitch next week. There is never any any at all repercussions for people who make such awful decisions that cost teams points that could have come in very handy towards the end of the season. And that's just the way it is. And we are told to suck it up and move on. I'm sure you will remember from previous press conferences from Neil Harris, it took him nearly three weeks to get a response from the FA regarding the challenge on Tim Dieng at Grimsby, which has put uh, Tim out for the last three or four weeks. Um he just got out of that and um, they said it wasn't a red card, despite it being quite obviously a red card. And even today, um, he said he spoke to the referee and he said the referee stood by his decision. So, you know, he's, if the ref wants to out, out, outwardly come out and say he doesn't know the rules of football, then that's that's his thing to do, I suppose. But the fact that he can come out and say he sticks by his decision, despite it not being in line with the rules, is crazy to me. But that's just the standard of, of referee we have in, in this country, unfortunately. Um a pathetic bunch um, week in, week out. There's not many that I can look at and say he's had a really good game, but that's just the reality of the situation. It won't just be us who gets in these situations, but 
when it goes against you, it is incredibly frustrating. And it's gone against us today. It's gone against us before. It will go against us again. And I'm sure some things in the future will go for us. But that doesn't mean two rights make a wrong. And that's just the case of it. And um, yeah, after that, uh, the second half, very much like a basketball affair. Um, the incident in the first half I've just described basically didn't kill the game, but it made it a very different game to what it was. We were very much in control when the man sort of given a golden ticket out of the referee's chocolate bar, much like Willy Wonka, much like Willy Wonka himself. The referee wanted to be the main character tonight. And um, yeah, from there, Mansfield got a stronghold in the game, opening 15 minutes of the second half, had the better of the chances, but we came into the game later on in the second half, but that decision really did kill a lot of the great attack momentum we had. We couldn't quite get up to that point that we were in in the first period, but it ends in a draw, a point that I think a fair few people probably would have taken before kick-off. Mansfield, a very good team despite the nature of their goals today, a very good football inside and one that are going to be up there um, up there with us, um, we'd like to think, towards the back end of the season. But, um, yeah, it is a point of pre-sealed. By no means a bad result, but under the circumstances, you know, you, you, all you can do is be left to wonder what, what, what might have been had we had competent officials. But that's something we can never rely on in this division. I think we all know that by now, and that is the unfortunate reality of it. Um, Matt, yeah, uh, good evening. Let's firstly get... Um, Get your overriding thoughts on the game before we get into the team sheet and things like that. Sorry, I kept you waiting there. Well, first off, may I say welcome to the ME7 rant cast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, the overall game. Look, um, again, on paper, before the you know before uh, uh, kick off, if you had said take a point uh, at home uh, and it is going to be a very sort of end to end game, yeah, of course I would have taken it. Um, but you're right, I think up until sort of, you know, 37, 38 minutes, up until that incident, we were, you know, in control. I think, you know, had that incident not have happened, um, you know, I, I think we might have got even got a, a second goal before half time. I'm just so frustrated that week in, week out, we get this these poor refereeing decisions. There's nothing even consistent about it. Look, I mean... My, my my argument would have been is so obviously he went to book Ethan Coleman, he decided to let play on. What if Jake Turner had saved it, and then then board stayed in play for the next five minutes? When the ball went out, would he have then called Ethan Coleman over then and booked him then? No, he wouldn't. He was booking him there and then at that moment, so he should have stopped play, started again. Look, if if Mansfield, you know, uh, uh, if if they believe, uh, I've seen their their get their gaffers interview, and he, they believe that they they should have walked it, walked us in the second half. No, I, I think that was a really even game against two teams who were up there, but it was just ruined by a poor referee who also failed to send off a Mansfield player. Well, I I, I listened to Nigel Clough's interview after the game. He. Uh... You know, if anyone believes in coincidences, um, he didn't see it when the free kick happened. He had his back turned. What are the chances of that? Which tells me he did see it. And in fact, he knows it was wrong. He just won't come out and say it. Um, but I suppose you'd expect him to say something like that, wouldn't you? I'm not really having that. At the most important moment of the game, he, he happened to have his back turned at that moment in time. I don't believe that whatsoever. But I suppose that's what you'd expect him to say in that scenario. And um, what you were saying, Matt, earlier, regardless of whether Turner would have saved it or not, if even if Jake had saved it, as soon as the yellow card comes out of the referee's pocket, that is it. That is the end of play. The game stops there. As soon as you start the disciplinary notice, 
as is the laws of the game, to, towards a player as Coleman, of course. That's you can't just carry on the game from there. The, the, but what you know, I'm struggling for words. It's, it's so frustrating. Um, the worst officiating decision I've 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 ever seen at, at Bracefield, and there's been quite a few, but that one was was particularly something. And you know, it is. I don't want to say it is what it is, but I know they're not going to get in any. There won't be any. Um, you know, fines or anything like that for the referees. He'll probably be back on the pitch next week or, as I said, he'll get a paid weekend off to spend with his missus or, or his husband, you know. You know. Um, but that's just the unfortunate reality of of the division we're in. And, you know, you saw VAR's performance, and I suppose most of you would have watched the Tottenham Liverpool game. That wasn't much better, but the uh, officiating standards in this, in this country are, are quite something. And I was quite impressed that... Neil Harris uh, managed to stay relatively calm by the looks of it and um, did so again in this press conference because I imagine it's very hard to bite your tongue in those sort of scenarios, especially when you're asked about it and the players on the field. Um, there's another incident I'm going to come on to in just a minute, but we will get on to the team sheet now and then I'll bring that back. Um, so yeah, Matt, it was um, a few changes from the game um, against Doncaster. We went back to the back four. Um, which meant Aimer dropped out, so we went with a Jake Turner. Chad Alexander, Scott Malone from uh, the wide defensive flanks, and then a pairing once again of Connor Masterson and uh, Shad Ogie. Um, best first point would be that, um, obviously, Max had come out and we'd abandoned the five at the back, which says what I was saying last week, really, that I think the five at the back at Doncaster is more due to availability than um, a game plan we necessarily wanted to go with per se but um, yeah he was out and we we're back to the back four and then Ethan Coleman and Sean Williams in the midfield with a returning Dom Je- uh, Dom Jeffries on the left hand side Common Ahoney on the right Johnny Williams another returnee who I think was ill last week so nothing long term to worry about of him thankfully and then Macaulay Bond uh, retained his place um, as the lone striker uh, for Jules um, yeah I think um, just before we get that the Mansfield team Christy Pym, Jordan Bowery, Aidan Flint, Lewis Bryant, uh, Callum McDonald, Aaron Lewis, Louis Reid, Ollie Clark, Kader, uh, Davis Kader, Dunn, the goal scorer, and then Lucas Aikens and George Maris uh, was the lineup for the Stags. Um, yeah, look, I think the team itself, Matt, I was quite excited when I saw it. I thought there was a lot of attacking talent in it. I was really happy that Bonner uh, got the call again and we stuck with him because I know obviously he was a bit frustrating last week. He missed a few good chances, but as we said, um, once he gets his first goal, we, we should expect good things. So I think his performances in general have been good. So I was very happy that he he kept his place. Uh, I was glad that we were back we we're back four. And, you know, looking on the face of it, we had two great holders in, in Sean and Ethan. And then we had a really um, competitive and very exciting front four with Johnny in the 10. And then returning Dom Jeffries was a massive boost. Conor Mahoney and obviously Macaulay Bonnet. Firstly, uh, we'll talk about... Um, We'll talk about Macaulay um, because we're going to go on to it in just a second as we get into the game. But um, firstly, before we get on to actually what he did in the game, were you happy to see him retain his place? It was a deserved retention, in my opinion, despite the fact that he probably should have had at least one last week. Yeah, the thing is, I think you've got if you look at just obviously his performances that he's he's played for us so far, that they have been really good, and obviously each game has got better and better and better and. Look, he'll know himself last week, you know, he had three golden opportunities to to put the ball in the back of the net and he missed them and he, he would have been kicking himself because, he, you know, he could have been off the mark last week. But, you know, obviously he scored within the first two minutes here today, which was, was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, he took his chance as soon as it came to him, but I was so pleased for him to be in the team because I just think... 
I think I've said this before on the pods. Once once he scored, once he gets going, I, I think we've got a really really good player here, and I think we've got a really good uh, top quality League Two striker who's going to score us a fair few goals this season. But he just needed that bit of confidence, and I'm I'm glad Neil has stuck with him and, and keeps putting him in the team because look, even though he hasn't scored, he was he was winning headers with left, right, and centre. You know, his hold up play has been brilliant. Um, I said all it was lacking was was that goal, and he's finally got it. And yeah, I'm, 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 let's just hope for a lot, lot more. Yeah, absolutely. I think the reason McCauley is staying in the team, um, as frustrating as it has been for him missing a few good chances in recent games, I think I do look at the fact that you know in the last two games, Doncaster and today, he's probably had about five good chances. And although he hasn't put them away, I think as harsh as it is for you know Nico or Ashley Addison potentially, um, I just don't think they've been able to have that amount of chances created. I think McCauley is probably just, as Harris has said himself, not just a natural finisher, but naturally the most, I don't want to say football in IQ for a striker, but he knows where to be at the right times and things like that. And obviously it's not going to go in every single time, but perhaps that's why he's getting another at the minute because he is able to get into those opportunity, uh, those little spaces, little pockets to get on the end of opportunities. As I say, it's not always going to work out, but, Sometimes it does, and that happened after two minutes of this game today. Um, Mansfield kicked off the game, put the ball straight out, and we got a call, uh, they got a corner from it, um, headed behind from Alexander. So we're looking at a bit of a shaky start after about 30 seconds, but that was cleared upfield, and then Conor Mahoney on the right-hand side um, got in after a little error at the back from, um, I believe it was actually uh, a Leicester Loney, who was uh, against us uh, last season in the FA Cup. Uh, Lewis Brunt, his name is, who was playing next to Aidan Flint. It was a very, very poor clearance straight to the feet of Colin Mahoney. He took the ball down the right-hand side, got into the box and then played it across. And it was uh, McCauley Bond there. First time finish of his left foot pass, Christy Pym, and gave Jules the dream start. And um, I think it was one of those goals, Matt, where obviously everyone's happy because we get the early goal, we get a bright start. I think everyone in the ground was, was very, very happy. And you could see from the reaction of the players as well, they were very happy that it was McCauley Bond who got on the end of it. Like we've been saying, he only needs the one. His performances have deserved the goal so far. And, I think everyone was was really happy, not just because it was him who scored, but it was also because it was a very striker's finish, wasn't it? It was very predatory, great movement, being in the right place at the right time and a death finish uh, to give us a lead early on. Yeah, on the volley. Uh, yeah, it was it was a cracking. I mean, first off, uh, it was a great work by Mahoney to obviously uh, first intercept the ball and then uh, and then obviously get down the wing, uh, the right hand wing to obviously uh, then get the ball across and and. I, I sort of I've seen the replay a couple of times, and you do notice he just has a quick look up and not, uh, notices where McCauley is, and then obviously puts a great ball into him. And uh, yeah, obviously McCauley on was it left foot on the volley, wasn't it? Uh, uh, and obviously with quite a bit of pace in it, obviously that far away from the goalkeeper, as long as it's on target, you know he's not going to stop it. He's not going to get his hands to it. And I, yeah, I was so pleased for him to get off the mark. And uh, I, look, you know, I know people out there probably won't, you know, don't agree necessarily the same with me, but. I do generally believe that I said that this is going to be kind of the start from the calling. You know, um, he, he knows he can score in a dual shirt now. So, you know, let's go on and let's help him get a few more. And I just believe we've got the players around him that can set up the chances for him. He is a natural, natural finisher. And you saw it with that goal today. Yeah, we certainly did. And, and for the calling, as we've been saying, he looked overjoyed when he scored, as you'd expect. And everyone went over to him for the team. Everyone was very happy that it was, it was him getting off the mark and, you know, as, as disappointed as it is for the likes of um, Ashley Addison and Tom Nichols not getting in the team at the moment in time, I think McCauley is, is proving why he should be a mainstay in his team. At this uh, 
at this moment in time. But um, he nearly made it two after about 15 minutes or so. Uh, great build-up down uh, down the side. Jeffries returning, Dom Jeffries, who missed his energy. We could see it on full display in that first half, how important it was to have him back. I will go on to him a bit later on. Uh, he sent the cross in towards Macaulay Bond, who... There's a bit not a similar sort of finish to the one he scored with. He had to peel off his mark a little bit, hooked his right foot round it. And I thought, in fairness to, to Christy Pym, it was actually a very good save to get across. And it wasn't right in the top corner for McCauley, but it was going in that direction. It was swerving a little bit in the air. I think Christy Pym did well to, to get across and then and stop that. But it was a good indication of how, how well we started in the first 20 minutes or so. And it was it was something that we, we needed in games. We needed to start with that ferocity, you know, you're in our house now sort of mentality. And I think the first 20 minutes or so, Mansfield had, had a lot of the ball, but again, it, it didn't really create anything with it. There's a lot of pass, 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 and then lose the ball eventually. And in terms of actually creating chances, we were much better in that sense. There was a chance not long before the one I've just described where the ball fell to Sean Williams. It, it got a great connection on it on the half volley, and it looked like it was for the life of the world going into the bottom right-hand corner. But I think it was a long leg of a... Uh, Aidan Flint, uh, Flint, who is much taller in person than I thought, um, he got across to, to make the block and stop that one from going in. But Mansfield were not forced back per se because they are very possession-based teams. They know how to get out of little tight areas quite impressively. But we were very much the team of the ascendancy first 20 minutes where we met in terms of chance creation and, and looking to take the game away from our visitors to that point. Yeah, we were. Uh, I've got to say, first off, that Bond chance. So that was uh, that, the the save by the goalkeeper was definitely what I call television save. I don't think he, I think he made uh, the most of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think in that first sort of you know thirty five minute period, um, attacking so going forward, attacking wise, we looked really good going forward. It looked like we were creating good opportunities. The movement up top was excellent. Um, and when they had the ball and they were coming at us, I, I just felt like they were never going to get anywhere near us at all. You know, I just felt like defensively we 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 were sound against them. They they weren't really causing us any kind of trouble at all. Um, you know, um, the movement up top from uh, Mahoney Williams and uh, and Jeffries, as you said, you know, obviously we absolutely missed his pace and that sort of that uh, little bit of extra enthusiasm that he has on the pitch. Um, I, I thought was working absolutely excellent. I'm glad, obviously, he's managed to you know to play 60 minutes to Jeffries uh, today. I don't know, obviously, if he's how well he's going to be for Tuesday night. Whether that's going to come a little bit too soon, maybe, maybe have to sort of sign him on the bench or, or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, um, that th- that front four. I mean, Bon as well. I just thought wow, it was so energetic uh, today, uh, we, and I, I just felt we uh, we really had Mansfield sort of in, uh, on the back foot in that first sort of 35 minutes. I would imagine with Dom, the, the change was made with Tuesday in mind. I think when Dom is part of the squad and he's fit, I think he's in the starting eleven, And I think the, the idea is probably going to be that he's going to have come off a bit earlier today to make sure he's ready to go again on uh, on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, the start was uh, was great from Jules and you know certainly deserved to be leading at that point. Um, we very nearly made it two in, in just a few minutes is where I'm going through the game on the play-by-play. But... There was a chance for Mansfield. The first chance of the game, uh, a corner sent in from George Maris. Went all the way to the far side. Lucas Aikens, who has got a really, really good record against Jules, or very bad record, depending on who you support, um, usually turns up against us and uh, is always uh, a very, very big handful, very good player. Someone I've liked quite a lot from his uh, Burton Albion days as well. But yeah, one of those players, much like the Nicky Josies, Paddy Maddens of the world, who uh, seem to always have a, 
a good record against Jills. I was on McLeod. That was one growing up, a horrible one as well. Always scored against us at Undale for Barnet, but that's a tangent. Um, the corner went in towards Aikens and he sort of meets it at the, at the near post and it's a, a glancing head of that. You know, when I watched it in real time, I was thinking, you know, shit, uh, well, family-friendly show. Um, oh, no. Because he, he gets the, the flick on. It looks like it's just it's just begging for a touch at the far post. It doesn't get one. And it was a, a bit of a narrow escape because, you know, from his point of view, if he's in a position where he can only head it across, he can't head it really towards goal with any rule for us to see. It's one where it's basically the perfect connection for someone else at the far post to just tap it and finish it off. And that was the first heart-in-mouth heart moment we really had from Mansilda. Great work for Makings, but... Unfortunately, no one was able to um, pick up uh, the loose end and put it in the net from a Mansfield point of view, but brilliant for us. Um, just after that, um, with the 28th minute, all four uh, sides of the ground got up and applauded in unison uh, to celebrate the life of Caden O'Dell, obviously a, a lifelong Jewels fan. The horrible news uh, last week of his passing, which was appreciated by everyone in the ground, the, the minutes applause, Mansfield fans included. And it was nice to see uh, the LED screens um, coming up with uh, one of our own Caden Doyle. So that was uh, really good to see. And, May he rest in peace and his life uh, forever be celebrated as a, as a huge Jules fan. So that was a really nice moment um, on the uh, 28th minute. But then, Matt, um, just on 30 minutes, this was um, the first of two really big chances I think we had throughout the game after the, the Bond goal that put us in front. And it fell to Conor Masterson. Obviously, he was a bit critical of himself in his uh, I follow interview post on Caster saying he should have had more than the one he got. Um, this is a big chance. There's no real getting away from it. Uh, Conor Mahoney put a free kick uh, in from the right-hand side. It was cleared, but only as far as Conor Masterson. He, he, I think he leans back a little bit, puts his foot through it, and his effort went over the bar, unfortunately. But it it was an opportunity from from where we, we were looking at it, from the Rainer men to the other side of the Brian Moore. It didn't look like it was too far out. It was, it was certainly in the area, and it was a very good chance for Conor. Obviously, he, was, he got the goal last week. Probably should have had another, in his opinion. But... It was a chance that unfortunately went begging for, for Connor, but a very big chance it was. And, you know, with what was to come, um, which we'll get back onto in a minute because we have to, um, it would have given us a real good foot for holding the game when it's have that 2 0 lead. And, you know, if Connor's, if Connor's effort had gone in, there would have been no one in the ground, Jill's fan or Mansfield fan, who could have complained at that point because I think it would have been a, a scoreline that was very reflective of the performance. Yeah, yeah, I did think uh, sort of as it was falling to him, I, I just thought, yes, it's going in. I, 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 I just thought we, uh, of all the people, you know, apart from maybe Bon, you know, for it to fall to Marston, I just thought, yeah, you know, he's got this in the bag. He's going to put it in the back of the net. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, for us, it just went over. Um, but yeah, had we have scored that, you know, had we have scored the, any of the other chances, I, up until that point, I do generally believe we were the better team uh, going forward. We were creating that much more... Uh, opportunities. Mansfield really sort of didn't have anything coming forward, uh, 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 you know, uh, sort of def- uh, offensively. So, 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 so uh, you know, we, we were able to keep them out quite easily. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Connor can be upset that he's, he's put it over the bar. Look, he's not a striker in, at the end of the day. Um, it is a shame that he, he didn't put it in because I think, yeah, as you said, if we had gone in 2-0 up, uh, you know, if that goal had gone in and we were turning up, I don't think anyone would have complained. And I think uh, everyone in the ground would have uh, would have uh, been extremely happy at that point. Yeah, they certainly would have. And I think it would have been a goal that would have been reflective of the performance so far. And as we were saying before, Matt, uh, Mansfield and Neville, they were in our half, having a little half chance at Aikens that I just mentioned. There's a lot of passing, sideways passing, without real carving, uh, 
real signs of carving us open. They didn't really have any um, efforts on goal that were ever going to trouble Drake Turner. I think there's one or two maybe that went wide and a couple that were blocked. But it was very much Jules who were in control of that first half. Um, up until, um, here we go again, um, Mansfield did get themselves uh, level in very controversial style. Um, yeah, let, let's let's just say what it is. Um, I've already described it. Um, Ethan Coleman bringing down his, uh, his man, uh, uh, I think it was about 10 yards outside the penalty area, maybe a bit further, I'm not entirely sure. Um, look, Stonewall, pen, uh, Stonewall free kick, Stonewall yellow card, nothing uh, nothing to complain about that in my book. Um, but as we said, the referee has the yellow card in his hand. Once he does that, the disciplinary process has begun and the phase of play that just was is, is over. You can't take a, free, a quick free kick whilst the disciplinary um, is being undertaken by the referee towards... Uh, Ethan Coleman, which it was about to be, had the yellow card in his hand. Ethan Coleman was looking at the referee. All our players are around the referee were in that area because that's just where the freak it was just given. And, um, you know, look, <laughs> the referee then allows um, Ollie Clark to take that free, uh, quick free kick into Davis Kedder done. He has the freedom of the penalty area. All our players are by the edge of the box looking to get into position to form a wall for the free kick and whatever else. And, you know, he's there on his own and he slips it underneath Drake Turner. No blame at all, obviously, on, on Drake Turner for that goal. Not at all. Um, and no blame towards our players either. I've, I've seen some people saying we, we should have reacted quicker. We should have, you know, whatever. But the, the fact is, if you're a player and you see the referee's got the yellow card out, you should have no instinct to quickly think, well, where's the plane case to take a quick free kick? Because until that that uh, yellow card has been issued, which was about to be, you can see in the replay, it's in his hand, then the play can't continue. And it's like I said earlier, you don't think about these things because you see it a lot in games where teams try and take quick free kicks and they're stopped by the referee. You don't think about that twice because it's such a common theme and you're used to seeing it because that is the rules and today the rules weren't applied. And look, Mansfield, as I said earlier, Willie Wonka FC, golden ticket from the referee and they get the goal. And, you know, it is, it does make the game very much a what-if scenario because... As we were saying, Matt, they weren't in the game at that point. I think we were very much in control. They had a lot of possession, as you'd expect, from the Mansfield side, but they never looked like they were going to score anytime soon and we the more likely team to go up and get a second. But that that, that gets them back into the goal. So I said, golden ticket, there you go. There's your goal um, out of nowhere. And it changes the complexion of the game, um, of, as, as it obviously would. And then, yeah, that that puts us level just before going into half-time. But... Um, Matt, we've got your thoughts on the referee for the goal and we'll intertwine it with what I was talking about earlier and this is it. Um, so, a few minutes later, uh, Jules awarded the free kick um, up the other end and we looked to take it quickly because that's allowed. Uh, the referee wasn't booking a Mansfield player for the offence that gave us the free kick. Uh, we tried to take the free kick quickly. The ball was on the ground. It wasn't moving. We played it through to Jolly Williams. He found himself one of the goalkeeper and it's pulled back uh, to the original place to retake the free kick and you know, it's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. I think uh, we had a player booked for dissent at that point. I think it might have been Scott Malone for, you know, saying what we were all thinking. I don't want to repeat, but we don't know what he said, but we can imagine, I suppose. But, um, yeah, look, when you get a goal given against you in that scenario where the rules are clearly even broken by someone who doesn't know the rules and then you go up to everyone trying to take a quick one yourself where no card is being shown, no disciplinary action is being taken, yet it gets brought back when we're one on the goalkeeper. It, it just it, it blows your mind, doesn't it? Um, 
I'm going to let you let you take take on from me, Matt, because I'm quite frankly exhausted about talking about it. If I just need a breather for a minute. No, yeah, it's. No, I mean, I I went to the game today with my dad. Who, um, me and him, years ago, we, we're going back a few years. Yeah, we were both qualified referees, and uh, the first thing he said was, you know, whenever you're booking a player, whenever you you know you've blown your whistle, you're stopping the game. The players have to ask the opposing players if they want to take the quick free kick. They have to ask, you know, can I take it quick uh, before they take it? Uh, and at that point, the referee would say, "No, I'm cautioning a player." But obviously, that hasn't happened. I, I believe this is the referee's fourth or fifth game. I believe that that's his fourth or fifth game. I don't know. Think he's done any more? I'm sure I read somewhere that that that, that was it. But. Look, I'm sorry. The basic rules of the game, you've got your card out of your pocket. You've you've got to stop it. Now, forgetting the fact that, you know, obviously, look, we've given away the free kick. Oh, yes, OK, he's, he's of, uh, Coleman's going to get booked. Um, I think when the ball was played, the player might have also been in an offside position. So why is the line not flagged? Now, you could argue our players just should have reacted quicker. But we will, I'll always come back to the fact that if you go by the laws of the game, the referee there has cocked us, cocked, you know, cocked it up, sorry, and that has changed the whole complexion of the game. And you can see our players' reactions standing around the referee. They're going, well, "Come on, you're booking him. If you're not booking him, why is your card out?" And then I said, "You can't then be booking the player then after the goal is scored. You've got to book him when the incident has happened, unless you're playing an advantage, which he wasn't doing because he had stopped and given a free kick." So. I really hope, I know Brad's listening, look, Brad, all I would ask is please, 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 whether it's yourself, whether it's uh, you get Neil to do it, whether you get Paul Scally to do it, it's someone needs to the right to the FA because we need an apology from uh, uh, the FA over that because that is absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, but the, the problem is apologies mean nothing though, do they? But we can get an apology all we like, it's not going to... They're not yeah, but say, sorry about that. Is the extra two points? You know, they apologise. Well, the guy goes back to work the next week. It's it starts again with someone else. Look, the, 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 I know we're not going to get the two points. I understand that, but for me, they need to own up and say yes, that was a mistake, and then they need to train their referees better. Look, I, I was to say I was a referee many moons ago. I, I didn't do anything major. You know, it was only sort of like Sunday league kickabout. But refereeing is hard. I totally get that. But if you're not going to use your assistance to help you out, then seriously, you're doing this thing completely wrong because your linesman would have been able to help you out. Why, why is your linesman? 95% of referees don't listen to what their linesman have to tell. They just want their linesman to tell what if, if there's an offside or if the ball goes out. That's it. They're, they're assistant referees at the end of the day. But look, look. He, I, I think he'll go home. He'll watch the game. He'll look back and he'll go, "Okay, I think I've had a bad performance there." I, I, and I hope that's what he does. I hope he learns from it. He's look, he's a young guy. I don't want him, you know, banned from football because look, we do need decent referees, and hopefully he'll learn from this. But that was poor, and I think we need an apology because you know it, it shouldn't be happening in the professional game of football. That should not be happening. No, it shouldn't, but for referees, I think everyone at this level is basically the same anyway. I think they'll 
they'll watch it back. I'll see I've made a mistake, and I think, oh well, where am I going next week? Um, and that's just the reality of it. I think, in my opinion, they might, even if they get taken off, they'll just get, you know, a free, a free paid uh, week off to go and do whatever. And that's the harsh reality of it. And then, obviously, as I said, we were not allowed to take off very quickly when uh, Johnny Williams was away, and you know, it, it's incredibly frustrating oh. and whatever else. But well, it's just look, what you expect. I, 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 I've got to say, I have seen that a replay of that quick free kick and it did look like the ball was about 15 yards away from where the incident actually happened so that I can kind of forgive but so was, so but, was yeah but there, theirs wasn't as far away because the guy did play it back and he was probably about five yards away but still the, the point is it shouldn't have happened uh, two wrongs don't make a right and whatever else but I'm sure we'll have another calamity to talk about on Tuesday night when we go to crew maybe one of our players will be sniped from the crowd and the referee will give a free kick against him or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised at this day and age, but that is the way it is. And, um, yeah, we reached half-time uh, at that point. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a long, long half to get through. Um, yeah, 1-1 at the break. Jill's should have been ahead, but, alas, we weren't. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, as I said, at the start of the second half, Matt, it was uh, Mansfield who had more of the more of the play, more of the ascendancy. They came out with a renewed uh, vigour to them, um, as you'd expect when you've been gifted a goal. Your your tails do tend to go up after that. Um, yeah, Ollie Clark had the chance uh, probably about five minutes into the second half. I'd say ball came across from Clark, sorry to to Morris or Maris, and uh, it was a good chance. To be fair, it was one where from the Rainer men looking across it did look a bit more open maybe than perhaps it was. Maybe I'm sure it looked a more difficult chance in in uh, reality of being closer to it than we were. But from where we were, it did look like it was quite an opening for, for Morris. The ball was played into him from the left-hand side and sort of, it looked like he sort of cut across it and then put it wide in the end. And it was a bit of a bit of an early escape, I suppose. But um, yeah, a sign of uh, more pressure to come in the half of Mansfield as their tails got up. But then, on the 58th minute, we very nearly got back in front. Uh, Mahoney had a shot from the edge of the box. It wasn't the most cleanest of efforts, certainly not um, the calibre of his one against um, Morecambe a few weeks back, but it was enough to trouble Christy Pym in the uh, Mansfield goal, who smothered it, um, uh, fumbled it, sorry, I should say, just out to Macaulay Bond. He was racing in on it. I think it's um, Aidan Flint who goes with him. It's a 50-50. Um, I heard some people calling for a penalty in, in the ground. Maybe that's because of the you know, the disappointment towards the referee up until then that uh, everyone felt aggrieved, rightly so, of course, and thought that was a penalty. I must say, Matt, uh, when I saw it in real time, and I've seen it back as well, I think it is for the, uh, with, with Macaulay Bond. I'll, I'll be honest, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very good uh, very good tackle made him thin with his massive long tree trunk legs, and he gets it just before Macaulay Bond. I think if it was probably any other defender without, you know, being after other defenders in the league, um, but someone who's not as massive and astute as someone like Aidan Flint. I think McCauley might have got there first, but it is one of those where as frustrating as it is that McCauley couldn't get on the end of it and probably finish it, it was a very, very good tackle and not certainly not a penalty in my eyes. Yeah, so on, on from where I was sat, I, I sit in block five, uh, row B, so I'm, I'm right near the first front and from, from, wh- from where I saw it, my initial thought was that is a 100% a penalty He's gone through the back of Macaulay Bond. He's got nowhere near the ball. 100% penalty. And then I watch the replay. And I think you're right. I think he just gets his foot on the ball first. Uh, 
he, I think he does connect with Bond, but it's it, it's a great tackle. I've got you know from if if that was Masterson or if that was Oji, we, yeah, we'd be singing his praises. I do think that was a it was a great tackle. Um, yeah, it wasn't a penalty, but um, yes, just so close, so so close to uh, to I think uh, it must have been literally millimeters away from getting his foot on the ball. Uh, and being able to poke it at goal, and I think that far out with his uh, with his goal he scored in the first half, I think he, he, there, there might have been a good opportunity for him to have got his second. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, it was a it was a great great tackle. Yeah, he came close to his second early on in the game, but this would have been a, a much clearer opportunity. But uh, Aidan Flinter, I think it was, did, did come across, and you got to sometimes just say it's a, it's a fantastic tackle that denied. Uh, McCauley from getting there first and more than likely putting the ball away to give us the lead for the second time in the game. Uh, another stop point. Um, this isn't really important to the game, but I thought it was quite funny. Uh, Johnny Williams is booking where he just dove right in front of uh, their player trying to counter-attack and just completely took him out. I thought that was quite funny. Um, I think I, th- I think he forgot what sport he was playing. I think he thought he was playing rugby. Yeah. Uh, no complaints on the yellow. It was obviously a yellow from Johnny. It was just quite funny how he did it. Uh, if you're going to do it, do it properly, I suppose. Um, but then Mansfield had uh, probably the biggest chance of, of the game for them, uh, the, the one that wasn't handed to him, obviously. Um, when Keller Dunn uh, got in behind across Turner inside box, made a good save, and then Ollie Clark follow up to fetch for a corner. And then Clark had another effort, which was blocked by Marston, a bit of pinball in the, in the Jules penalty area. It reminded me a little bit of uh, that um, goal we conceded against Colchester where there was pinball for a long time and it just about ended up in the back of the net. But thankfully, it didn't on this occasion. Uh, Kenneth done again. This time, took a very quick throw in uh, down the right-hand side, which would stop a little bit. And Mansell sort of had a two-on-one situation very, very briefly. Um, and uh, it's forced to save uh, from Turner once Kenneth done is uh, hooked onto the long throw that was taken in his path. And yeah, Jake Turner again in the second half had a lot to... Not to be proud of from himself. There was a situation, uh, I think it was later on in the game, maybe just before, where someone was played in on goal and they looked to take the touch to get behind Jake and he got just about enough of a fingertip around the ball to, to shovel it out of the, the striker's path and that was a very big situation because obviously had he got it wrong, it would have been a penalty, but he got it very much right and it was good goalkeeping. Um, a couple of subs, uh, Johnny Williams and the returning Dom Jeffries uh, went off after 63 minutes. Uh, Johnny had been booked and... Um, you know, the way the pattern of the game was going at the minute, I wasn't really surprised by Jaden Clark and um, George Lapsey's introductions. Uh, I thought that was the right move. And uh, Dom, obviously, with the uh, game at crew coming on in the midweek, I can understand why he was taken off a little bit earlier on and, um, yeah, getting him getting him ready for the game at, uh, at Gresty Road on Tuesday. And, um, yeah, as I just mentioned, just after that came the uh, situation, um, when Ked had done what was played in and played on side by Jules Defender. Looked like he got round uh, Turner, but he got just about got his left hands on it to shovel it away and uh, keep us out of trouble in that situation. And, um, you know, there was there was half chances uh, for um, for Mansfield after that. A ball sent in again from Keita Dunn, who was very much involved in everything Mansfield did in the game. Uh, sent the ball towards Aaron Lewis. His header was guided just wide of the post. And then we saw the instruction of Ashley Addison coming on for Conor Mahoney with about eight minutes of time left. And then this is another situation, I suppose, Matt, which people might talk about. Um, Davis Kedadun was booked uh, for a professional foul on Ashley Addison on 83 minutes. I think it was when Mansell played a loose ball inside their own half. Ashley latched onto it and, you know, with the pace he's got, absolutely uh, meet, beeped his way into the Mansell half. And 
he was originally clipped by Keller Dunn, but didn't go down. And then once again, clipped um, by Keller Dunn, then this time did go down. So, you don't listen. This isn't something I'm I'm saying is terrible officiating or anything, but it's something worth pointing out, I suppose, because you you it doesn't happen much. You don't see it much, but it does happen here and there. The most obvious example being, uh, I think it's Gabriel Martinelli for Arsenal at Wolves a couple of seasons ago, receiving um, two yellow card offences in the same movement, if you like, or the same scenario, and he was sent off for that. There was initially a yellow card offence we could have done for tripping Ashley Addison, the ref played advantage for that, and uh, Ashley stood up and then. Once again, he was taken out, and this time the referee did show the yellow card. So for me, there's two yellow card offences in there. Um, I don't think we'd ever have seen it, because again, it's a very rare thing to happen. Um, I don't think I've seen it since the Martinelli one at Wolves, and that was a long time ago. But for you, as someone who was a former referee, as you said, and has a lot of improved the refs, he's a referee lover, he's Matt. Uh, do you think there is reason to make the argument for potentially sending off there for Keller Dunfer? two yellow card offences in the same motion or is it right to just give them the one even though there were two separate incidences you could argue okay I I would also throw in that technically there is a red card offence in there as well because when you're swinging your leg at a player and not at the ball when you're actually purposefully swinging your leg at the player isn't that a red card offence that's the same as swinging a fist at somebody is it not if you swing your fist at somebody, and you, even if you don't miss them, but, is this the is this the first offence? Yeah, that first one because you there there was no there was no attempt to go for the ball that was a hundred percent going for the player, endangering a player. That's for me. That's a red card offence. Uh, no, I don't think you can send him off for that. I think you see that very very often in, in not just football league and the Premier League. It's just. It's just—it's just, it's just a classic yellow card. I don't think there was—I don't think he was high with it. I think he just clipped him and tried to take him out. Much like I know it wasn't with with his foot or his studs or anything, but like when Johnny Williams dives in front of the the Mansfield player, it's directly to stop him, not to get the ball or anything like that. I think it's just a tactical foul. I don't—I don't think it's a, it's a red card offense at all. To be honest, I think it's just—I think you see a lot. But, but, I think you see a lot of them over weekends. But he's—he's he's nowhere near the ball. It's, it, it would be different if I would say if he was, you know, if they were sort of, you know, jostling for the ball or whatever, then and he's taking his legs out, but he's swinging for the guy's back leg, the, the leg that's trailing. That that's literally to like try and trip him up. Why? Because he's fast. No, I'm sorry. That, that that's that's you're trying to endanger a player there. Um, it, it's the same with that Tim Dieng. Uh, you know, that should have been a red card. I'm, I'm sorry, if you're trying to endanger a player, that's a red card offence as far as I'm concerned. You, you, don't, you don't play football to try and hurt people. That's not what you do this game for. And that was a trying to endanger a player. What if he had done it, clipped his legs and, and, and Addison had broken his ankle and then put him out for eight months? I mean, I'm yeah, so- but that's, that's all just ifs, buts and everything. I, just, I think it's just a tactical foul, to be honest with you. And I think I think you see a lot of them over the weekends in different games and things like that. But it was the case where it was just one, uh, just the one yellow to Keller done. Um, questions around that whether it should have been two, but it was just the one. And uh, once again, we couldn't really have expected anything to go for us, uh, given what we had, what had precedented that. Um, yeah, eighty-five minutes as the game as the game began to to run down a little bit. Um, Williams sent in a, a corner kick towards the far side. This was the other big chance I was mentioning earlier. Um, I don't know if I'm being harsh on Ashley Addison here, but from where we were uh, in the rain of men looking just down, it it did seem as though he was not on the goal line, but just in front of it. And he seemed to maybe see it late because there was a, I can't remember his name, there was a Mansfield player with very bright blonde hair, looks a bit like Megan Rapino, And um, 
the ball just uh, evaded him. And I think Ashley probably didn't see it coming. I don't think he gambled enough on it. I think he sort of reacted a bit late to it, probably because he didn't expect it to come through to him. But it did, and it was a, an opportunity from a very, very, very good position, really. I think he goes to hook it with his right foot, puts it over the bar. I think maybe in that situation, Matt, and it's easy to say in hindsight, as you know, people who are just overwatchers and things like that, but it looked as though maybe it just needed a little deft touch of his head into one of the far corners that may have been the decisive uh, touch, but maybe maybe he sees it late and sort of just has to react quickly to get something on it, and unfortunately it's not gone his way, but I'll put that down as probably the big chance we had in the second half, and another one that could have on another day potentially won us the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, from where I, I, I was, I sort of was almost, uh, well, I was at my seat, or obviously half expecting it to hit the back of the net, Um which is just to go over. Uh, there, there was another moment, I think it was actually before that, the, there was a ball in from, um, I, think, I think it might have been from uh, Scott Malone, actually, and uh, it literally just whizzed past um, Macaulay Bond. And literally, you, you're talking half inch, you know, half inch, and his head could have been on it and in the back of the net. And look, we, we had our chances in the second half. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, we didn't take him, but obviously so did Mansfield. Um if you know, look, if the game had gone one nil at half time and then they had scored in the second half, look, I wouldn't have been grudged that say uh, the the point, but the point just feels a little bit dirty at the moment. I don't know. I just feel like it, it's it just feels a bit dirty. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you, if if you get 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 what I mean by that, but um, I, I just think with the, with the chances we had, you know, obviously, unfortunately. Obviously, they didn't fall our way, unfortunately, this uh, uh, today. But we we we've played a team that are going to be up there or thereabouts, and look, we matched them for ninety minutes. I think that is at least a positive to go on for the day. If you if you look at it on, want to look for positives out of the day, that's a good positive. We've we've matched them. We've actually outplayed them in certain aspects of the game. Uh, as I said that first 12, 25, 30 minute period. You know, they had no answer to us going forward. We were keeping them out absolutely fine. You know, they didn't really trouble us. That that save by Jake Turner, I think you've you've underplayed that. I th- I think that's that's an amazing save uh, that he's pulled off. Um look, we can talk about the referee all day long at the end of the season that against a team that I think are going to be there or thereabouts at the end of this uh, the end of this season, I think that is a, at least a good point and at least we've not lost it. Yeah, I think those games uh, even early on in the season against teams that are going to be in and around you by the end of it. It's if you're not if you can't win it, just don't lose it. And we certainly uh, didn't lose that. And you know, probably still should have won it if we're looking back on it properly. But I'm sure Nigel Clough and Mansfield will think the same for different reasons, and that's just the way football is, I guess. But um, yeah, finishes uh, finishes one one at uh, at Prusfield. Um, some uh, quotes coming out from Neil Harris after the game. He said he thought we were excellent. It was a strong performance. And uh, that we are right to feel hard done by at the moment, of course, alluding to the refereeing decisions that took place uh, during the game that we know a lot about, of course, as we've gone through today. Um, this says these points are really important home and away. We need to back it up at, at crew on Tuesday night. They haven't lost for a long time at home, so it'll be very difficult and we'll need to be at our very best. Uh, the game massively swung on that moment, of course, uh, talking about the equaliser. We were really good. There is the level I'm content with a point. I saw key areas we need to improve, but I saw lots of positives as well. Then man of the match, uh, Conor Mahoney, took to the uh, post-match duty. He said, Macaulay Bond has been playing superbly. I was made up for him. I have not played a lot of football for a couple of years. I have surprised myself, to be fair. 
obviously not been getting too much uh, game time at uh, his parent club Huddersfield in recent years and uh, also Conor Mahoney became uh, a father for the second time uh, this week so congratulations to uh, to him um, says he's enjoying his football at the moment and hopes it will continue thinks Mansfield will be up there and overall it's a good point and the main reason he came in was the gaffer it's been a good start but we need to continue says Conor Mahoney today's Jules man of the match has chosen by the uh, sponsors whoever whoever they were today um but yeah, overall, I think a decent point on the uh, on the face of it. It's, it's going to be for me a case of what ifs. I suppose if you know we had officials that did their job, but you know we don't get that in League Two, so it was whatever. And you know whatever else, I'm sure Mansfield will feel that they maybe had enough chances to win it in the second half. Uh, Nigel Clough certainly thought that way. Um, I haven't got any quotes from him to hand because it was a video interview, but I did uh, listen to it. He said. He, uh, he wasn't looking when the controversial decision happened, which is uh, awfully convenient. And uh, he thought that they did enough uh, in the second half to win and he wasn't happy with a point. But um, I suppose every manager has their bias towards their club and that's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, Matt, let's get into uh, just a couple of um, in-focuses and then we'll have a quick uh, overview of uh, this Tuesday's coming fixture. First Tuesday game in uh, quite a while. I think, I think the last one might have been Sutton even and that was quite a long time ago now, um, where we uh, travelled to crew. But um, before that, let's talk about a couple of players. Um, I'm going to let you pick one, and then I'm going to pick one and talk about one myself. Um, uh, I'll let you go first, and then if you pick the same one as me, I can go for someone else. So who are you going to go for? Oh, sorry, sorry. Do you mean for what, like a man of the match or...? or... Just someone, someone you want to give, want to give some limelight to tonight. Oh right, okay. Um, someone I, I, I want to give some limelight to doesn't really need it because I think today he's shown <clears throat> his ability when he is uh, when he's not in the team. What we're missing, and that that's Don Jeffries. Um, I think for the you know the sixty-two minutes he was on the pitch today, he was absolutely outstanding. His work rate is is something that we've we've sorely missed. Uh, I'm so glad he's back. Let's keep him injury free because I think this player, you know, for me, future Jules captain, if we can keep him here, um, Brad, sign him up. Come on. <laughs> um, I, I just think that there is such a great player there and, you know, he sort of everything, he sort of embodies sort of the, what I call the Gillingham spirit and, you know, his work weight and energy today. So it's something we've sorely missed and I, I'm so pleased he's back. Okay, I was going to go for Dom, but sure, uh, that's fine. I'm not letting you go first again. Um, Sorry. But, but yeah, Dom was Dom was brilliant. Great to have him back. Um, obviously played some minutes for the B team in uh, midweek as well. I think he played about, I think he played the half, I think came off at half-time potentially. Um, but yeah, great to see him back. We've missed him very much over the past month or two. Um, great player, great dynamism, and someone who's one of the first names on the team sheet. So great to have Dom back. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick out McCauley Bond. I know it's... Um, you know, it's obvious to go for the goal score and whatever else, but I think today was uh, uh, the best game McCauley Bond's had so far, and that goes quite a long way because I think quite a lot of his performances so far have been very, very good. They've just been lacking the goal once again. Um, everything we did well going forward came through McCauley, won a lot of his aerial duels, got him behind, off, offside a bit too many times to my liking, so we'll have to work on that a little bit, but he's a menace and he makes things happen and it gives us that bit of dynamism and a bit of know-how, if you like, up front that can be I suppose a difference in, in some aspects of some games not that Tom Nichols etc don't have that but I think as I said earlier 
Macaulay Bonds had five good chances in the last two games. Obviously, he's not going to put them all away, but the fact that he is getting those chances is is proof enough that he's able to create for himself and know where, know when to get into the right areas, make the right runs, etc. And the chances will be delivered to him. But I was over the moon for him to get that first goal for him today and get off the mark and a great finish as well. So hopefully, we see a, we see a bit more um, on the goal front from Macaulay soon. Hopefully, that goal is. You know the kickstart. I could have had another one today, but obviously, great save from uh, from Christy Pym and uh, a last ditch tackle from Aiden Flint denied him of that. But um, yeah, let's now uh, quickly look ahead. I haven't done, I haven't had to do this in a while. Last time we had a Tuesday game that well, a Tuesday game that people cared about. No one cares about the Papa Johns of all due respect. Um, and um, yeah, it's a visit to to Gresty Road, a very annoying one because. I've never been to Crew, and I'd quite like to go to Crew because we, when we went to Stockport on opening day, we went past it, and it was not too far to get to. But we're playing them on a Tuesday, and we won't be able to get back in time, which is quite frustrating. But and the stadium's right next to the um, train station, so I'd, I'd love to think it's a very quick, quick journey. Um, but yeah, we we travel to Crew. Crew obviously getting a free free draw today at uh, Wrexham. Um, Wrexham once again, all goals, just vibes. Um, not much else. Um, yeah, free free draw. Paul Mullin at the double and Stephen Fletcher uh, with the other one for Wrexham, which is mental saying that out loud. Um, crew goals for Mickey Dimitri, Chris Long from the penalty spot, and uh, Shadow Tracy. Chris Long having a very good uh, season in front of goal so far, from uh, from what I can tell. Um, every time I look at Crew's results, he seems to have been picking up a goal here and there. And I always uh, notice they've got quite a knack crew for um, going two 0 behind or going behind and managing to get back into the game. So um, hopefully we don't give them any sort of advantage. Um, Gonna make it a bit easier for him, but um, last few for Crew uh, was a three-one victory at home to NK Dons who have faulted recently. Um, an impressive four-one victory then away at Forest Green Rovers who have started the season really poorly. A two-two draw at AFC Wimbledon followed up by a two-one win at home to Colchester and an away draw today at um at Wrexham, which sees Crew currently sitting in seventh place, two points behind Jules who are in fourth. Um, Crew away, Matt. It represents a. A very tough challenge. A team who are very strong at home have had a much better start to the campaign. Than I think people would have given them credit for. You know, we say that Crawley a second, which is crazy. Um, but fair play to them, of course. Um, but yeah, Crew. Uh, it's going to be a difficult place to go to. Very good home record. Um, I think the last time we won there was a John McKindy header on a Tuesday night, not too long ago. Which you know, if you believe in coincidences, is a good is a good um, line to straddle ahead of Tuesday's game. But um, yeah, firstly, um, what do you expect from the Challenger crew? Obviously, as I said, very good home record and start the season very well. And, and would you look to make any changes or would you keep it as it was today? Because overall today was was a very good performance. What would your thinking be if you were Neil Harris ahead of, ahead of the trip to, uh, to Gresty Road? <clears throat> Let me just uh, get my Neil Harris hat and put it on. Right. So, uh, look, I mean, obviously, uh, the main thing is you're going to have to assess everyone tomorrow morning, see who is okay. Um, if look, if everyone is still sort of 100%, if everyone who was 100% fit today is, you know, still 100% fit on Tuesday, you know, I'd quite happily start with that same starting 11 because I think that was... Uh, um, yeah, we we really had a go at them today, and in, in that first sort of thirty five minutes or so, and I said I th- I think if we can have a go at Crew like that, um, look, Crew are good at very good at home. D- uh, don't get me wrong, they are going to be tough to break down, but you're right, they are have got this habit of going two goals down, but we've also got this habit of being able to shut teams out. So I, I think if we can go there and have a go at them, maybe there is you know that's a good sign for us and. Uh, 
Look, Bond's got his first goal today, Tuesday night, only a couple of nights away. He'll still be feeling a bit happy. You never know. He, he might go and grab himself a brace on Tuesday night. Yeah, I certainly hope so, because I think um, the points today would look a lot better if we followed it up with three. On a Tuesday night, obviously, um, a last away trip was disappointing result with Doncaster, so we'll be putting that right in terms of the away form as well. And Yeah, there's a lot to, lot to look at, a lot to go into ahead of the game of crew, which hopefully will see us... Um, See us pick up three points. Um, yeah, it was a good point today. Could have and probably deserved to get all three. Hopefully, that is the case. On um, on Tuesday, uh, before we get out of here, let's um, look at some comments that we've got during the show today. Um, annoyingly, they don't, they don't show in order anymore, which is quite frustrating. Um, but alas, we'll do what we do. Uh, Blue Brazil says, Jules have proved today that they can mix it with the best in the league. Disappointed with the nature of the equaliser. But we produce that level every week. We will be in the mix uh, come May. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I mean, look, if you want to be, um, if you want to be up there, you've got to be competing with and getting points against these teams. So the fact that we didn't win it, it was vital that we didn't lose it, and we didn't do that. But it'd be a game we could look back on and take confidence, knowing that we probably should have got all three points. Um, but I'm sure Mansfield will be thinking the same because they don't know where we are at the minute. They're still unbeaten, of course, Mansfield. Although that probably should change today, but it is what it is. Um, Matt says it's the ref's first season in the EFL. That is certainly very believable. Um, I feel quite bad now you said that. I feel like he's, he's probably just a child. But, you know, regardless, he was not very good. Um, Paul Beanie says, personally, don't think it was a foul from the Rain of Men viewpoint. Ref was midway through Brooklyn Coleman and the game had stopped. The ref doesn't know what he's doing. The quick free kick was taken some 15 feet forward of the foul. For it looked offside too. Uh, I'm not sure on the offside one. I've heard a few people say that, but I haven't actually been paying attention to that part of it. Um, perhaps it was, maybe. Uh, SOG says, first half, very good from us. In the second half, we didn't create anything. Largely relying on set pieces, but we like height. Mansfield looked very dangerous second half, so fair result in the end. Ref was shocking. Paul Beanie says, positively, a very good performance prior to the non-goal. Held more than our second... Uh, held, held more than our own second half too. Up Jules. I've been watching Jules for uh, like 50 years now, and that was without a doubt the worst refereeing decision I've ever seen. Says uh, Julian, crew is going to be a test, a good test of our away capabilities. I have faith, says Matty. Um, yeah, very much. Um, lots of dissect on tonight's episode. It's been, it's been a tough one to get through, but there we are. Um, but uh, yeah, before we go, uh, a couple more uh, sound bites. Uh, Matt will obviously be back tomorrow with uh, the breakfast show uh, early morning Sunday. So uh, do get your your questions in for Matt in regards to yesterday's game and losing the week and a trip to crew as well. Anything you want to ask Matt and he will get that answered for you on tomorrow morning's breakfast show. And uh, as you would have seen, uh, Monday, probably around 6pm, our exclusive interview that myself and James did with uh, Scott Malone will be going live on our YouTube channel and on our Twitter. So... Make sure you uh, you tune into that. Very, very good interview. Um, Francis Scott for giving us the time. Lots of stories about his time at um, no particular order. Fulham, Huddersfield, Derby, um, Millwall, Cardiff, Jules, of course, uh, Bournemouth, Wolves. Uh, there's a lot to get into. It's a shame we could only cram into half an hour, but very much half an hour worth of your time to watch that. So, uh, sound bites for you. Uh, breakfast with Matt tomorrow morning, coming Sunday, Saturday, Monday evening, probably six o'clock. The Scott Malone interview uh, drops on the ME7 YouTube and Twitter. And then we will be back probably Tuesday night. Uh, we won't be going to crew, unfortunately, just because trains won't be able to get back. Um, but we will be watching it. I assume it's going to be on iFollow because it's a Tuesday game. 
Uh, if so, and hopefully it is, we'll be doing a, a recap of that on Tuesday night, not long after the full-time whistle is blown. So, um, yeah, to round off today, Jules, uh, draw 1-1 at home to Mansfield Town. Um, very controversial game, but we spoke about it all night. I can't go into it again. I'm going to have an aneurysm. Um, but, yeah, join us on Tuesday for our review of um, of the crew game. And, of course, during the week for Matt's uh, edition of Breakfast Show tomorrow morning and the Scott Millennium View on Monday. And until then, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you join late, we will be able to um, replay this very, very soon. It'll be straight up in a second. It will be on Spotify very soon as well. So look forward to that. And until then, up the jewels. Good night.